Computers are live. Mixer is up. Levels are good. Equalizer is good. Ready channels one and two. Mic is live in three, two, one. Roll it. Welcome, listeners, to the My Practice My Business podcast, where we teach dentists and their teams how to reclaim forgotten profitability in dentistry with our clinical business of dentistry training. And now, the host of our show, the clinical director at My Practice My Business, Dr. Rob Thorup. Hello, podcast listeners. It's Dr. Rob with My Practice My Business. Glad to have you here today. Today's topic is practice fees. Each year in January, many dental practices adjust their fee-for-service fee schedule to help cover rising expenses in their dental businesses and to hopefully generate higher profit margins. There have been many approaches throughout the years I've seen dental practices use to determine these new fees. There is the -the across-the-board approach where practices increase fees between 3 to 7% for all of their services. This works great if your practice is predominantly a fee-for-service practice. But if your practice is PPO insurance-driven, this approach really doesn't work that well because it doesn't increase revenues from work done on insured patients. Uh, In some practices, the dentist and office manager review the fees of the top 25 services and increase those fees based on gut feelings of what they believe the patient would be willing to pay for. Unfortunately, those gut feelings don't always focus in on the science of whatever the market will bear. We typically underestimate those tipping points in sales and leave money on the table, lots of money. Another uh, type of uh, approach is other practices secure a copy of an industry fee survey from a third-party company that has done some research on the market conditions in their specific area. Basically, the company collected a compiled survey data from other practices in the same zip code to let the dentist know what others are charging for the same services. Practices then compare their current fee schedule against the survey data, right? Choose a percentile in which they feel comfortable competing and start adjusting fees to fit the pattern. I love how this is done. Well, let's see. I'm going to choose the bottom 10% fee schedule. That's where I want to be. I don't think so. A lot of dentists will say, well, you know, I just want to be in the 75th percentile. Okay, if the C grade is what you're looking for, go for it. And what's funny is a lot of practices, they just, they, nobody chooses the 100th percentile hardly ever. Nobody wants an A on their fee for service fees. Well, it's pretty funny how I see this happen from year to year. These approaches have been around forever, but do you know that these are the right fees for your practice overhead? Are they too low or too high? Do your fees actually support your practice being profitable? And not all practices are created equal. Some practices have thought leadership that encompasses expensive technology for patient care, while others are stuck in their low-budget status quo dental delivery of services, right? There is no way the fees of these two types of practices can be the same. So what does it cost to operate your practice? That should be the most important question. Before making changes to any fees, you have to understand the hourly direct operating costs, or DOC is what we like to call it, of your practice. Direct operating costs include rent, 
payroll. Include a base salary for the dentist when calculating. You shouldn't work for free, right? Lab and supply uh, fees, equipment fees, insurance costs, phones, everything you spend money on each month. Print a report from your accounting software, such as QuickBooks. That's the one I personally use. And do it for a three-month period. Now, divide that total of the three months by three. That'll give you a fairly decent average of monthly expense uh, and expense report for each month, right? You could add up one year of expenses and divide by 12 for an even better average monthly expense report. So now calculate the average number of hours you work in a month. Uh, The average practice operates, say, four days a week and plans to see patients eight hours a day allowing for four weeks of vacation annually. So the average practice sees about mm, 144 hours per month. So if you take 48 weeks per year and times that by 4.5 days per week, times that by eight hours a day and divide by 12, that's how you get 144 hours per month. Now, to calculate the hourly direct operating cost for your practice, by Dividing the total monthly expense or cost average by the average number of hours worked each month. For example, if your practice has an average total monthly operating expense of, say, 50000 a month, and your office is open 144 hours per month, divide 144 hours per month into the $50,000 of monthly average. Your direct operating costs would be $347.22 per hour to function. That means your dental practice must produce and collect $2,778 per day just to break even. (laughs) That does not include money for corporate profits either. Most dentists don't even understand the term corporate profits. A lot of dentists understand corporate, they work for them. But what are corporate profits? That's the money you need to fund your retirement, pay cash for new technology, replace worn out equipment and instruments, buy new furniture, even paint your walls, Doc. What procedures now make you a profit? Now that you've calculated your direct operating costs per hour, you can objectively Look at your business, the typical procedures that make up your daily schedule and how much time it takes to get them done. Say you're doing three two-surface composites in an hour-long appointment or a crown on a PPO plan in a -a one-and-a-half-hour appointment. You may not be meeting your direct operating cost requirement when you're just doing that many procedures per hour. Look at each procedure with a critical eye. Are there ways for you and your team to operate efficiently or schedule more effectively? A hole in the schedule for either the dentist or the hygienist is very expensive. Also, understand that every professional or promotional discount makes a difference in your profitability. So stop discounting your work. In other words, you probably should just stop giving away your work unless it's for a good cause. Finally, make sure your fee reflects your real value. Over the years, I've come to learn that all of us have different expertise in the various fields of dentistry. Because of this, not every dentist's value can and should be the same. The things I'm very good at, I charge whatever the market will bear. 
I understand the principles of tipping points when it comes to sales and when I'm happy getting paid fairly for what I do, meaning I'm not giving away my services and actually making a profit, a corporate profit. I tend to pay more attention to details when those things happen. I tend to deliver a service that is great for the patient and great for me. This is known as a win-win situation in any business transaction. We all need to identify what our value really is. When it comes to dentistry, many of your patients are always going to think it's expensive. (laughs) However, we assume that because they say something about price, that it's a problem. Price is always a consideration for the consumer regardless of the product or service they're buying. But don't create your own glass ceiling. People are not always looking for the cheapest price. They're looking for the best value that they can afford. If they understand the value you're providing and they emotionally connect with their oral health care, they will find a way to pay for it. Even wealthy people don't want to overpay for something. That's part of the formula for being wealthy. But they want to understand the value of their oral health care too and and why they should spend their funds with you. Also, don't buy into the myth that people will only accept treatment for what's covered by their insurance. It's our responsibility to understand the wants and needs of our patients and to to demonstrate the value we provide. I suspect that you're an excellent dentist. If you're listening to this podcast, you've got to be fantastic. (laughs) Or work for one who provides extraordinary dentistry and care. You're probably committed to continuing education and adding new services and procedures to your practice. I also suspect that you have a great team and you have modern technology and facilities. You probably offer the best materials available to your patients. In all areas, you're continually investing into your business. I believe that it's okay to let your patients know everything you do for them. Most important, make sure your fees are fair to you as well. Let me say that again. Make sure your fees are fair to you, Doc, and your team as well. Some of us do work very well very quickly. Sometimes we do it not as well at the same speed that we're normally trying to operate at. Every patient is different. I wish that we could charge an hourly rate based on whatever the procedure was that we were doing, because then we would absolutely be assured to be paid fairly. But the fact of the matter is, is some procedures we can get done quickly and we make way more profit because we were able to do the procedure in a faster amount of time. But other times we'll have patients where it's a difficult procedure. I had a patient come in not too long ago, And he said, Dr. Thorpe is an older patient. Tooth had been root canal. Do you know where I'm going with this? The patient said, yeah, it's wiggly in my mouth. I can feel it. It's loose. And it'll just fly right out of there. And I am very meticulous when I take teeth out. I mean, I only cut um, the amount of bone away from around the roots that I absolutely have to. So I will remove a little bit of bone. I'll get a luxator in there or a any type of uh, oral surgery instrument uh, that that will do the least amount of damage and get the tooth out. Let's face it. I love to save the bone around the tooth, and I absolutely provide ridge preservation. 
on every tooth that I take out, I give the patient the choice. And if they don't want to preserve the ridge, that's their choice. But in the last three years, I have had zero patients choose just to have the tooth taken out. When they understand the need and the power behind preserving that jawbone for future implant placement or to have a better three-unit bridge or any type of prosthetics sitting on that ridge, definitely is a better situation for them. So that patient took like forever to get that tooth out. So were my profit margins higher on that patient? Oh no, that patient killed my profit margins. But other patients increase profit margins. It's just the cost of doing business. So fees are so important to continue to fine-tune. And finding, finding CDT codes that you don't do, use and that you should be charging for, it's okay to charge your patients for the services you provide, Doc. That's, that's what we do. That's how we get paid. That's like an attorney talking to us for an hour and not charging us for uh, his or her time. That's crazy. We should be paid for the services we provide. We do a lot of good out there by giving away a lot of services that we do, and and you should feel good about what you do. And hopefully, some, hopefully all of us are doing uh, services for patients that may not be able to afford the care at that time or or helping out our church, religious groups, our communities in some way, shape, or form. Because dentistry, as dentists, we truly are blessed with the things that that we're capable of doing and the lives and the impacts that we can have on patients with their smiles and their self-esteem. I love talking about fees. I love being profitable in my practice, and I hope you do too. It's a business. We run businesses, we sell dentistry because of the amount of products we have out there. We're a retail industry, and it's okay to say we're service and retail both. And one more thing when it comes to fees. If you're a PPO provider, every two years, be contacting the insurance companies to make sure that you're asking for fee increases on your current fee schedules. You'll never get it if you don't ask. So ask. Thank you so much for tuning into the My Practice, My Business podcast. You can find additional podcasts you may have missed that will help you with your dental practice at Apple iTunes Podcasts. And remember to become a subscriber to our podcast. Many of you have asked how to help support the My Practice, My Business podcast. If you have enjoyed the program and information you received today, the best way to help is to leave us a five-star review. Thanks again for allowing us to be a part of your day.